This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Well, you can see on your, your notes there, the title of today's message is that He is our God and we will not fear. And uh, you know that in the, uh, with everything going on and the fear that has just run rampant around because of the social media and, and the news and everything else because of the viruses and what the economy is doing, as children of God, we don't have to be afraid. And so this morning, I'm going to ask you to give me your best over the next handful of minutes that we're together. And I want us to realize we don't have to be afraid. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, and it says, But understand this, that in the last days will come set and perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. Now, whenever... The Apostle Paul was writing this, they felt like they were in the last days. But how many of you know that we are living in the latest of the last days? Nobody's lived later than we're living right now. And he says, in, understand this, that in these days there will come perilous times. Great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. And it goes on and it starts explaining Christians. It starts explaining the church. He says there'll be people that they're lovers of themselves. They're unthankful. They're ungrateful. They're unholy. They care more about their own desires than they do God's desire. He's not talking about the world. He's talking about the church. And in verse 5, he says, And they'll have a form of godliness, but, but denying its power from such people turn away. He says they'll have the form. They'll look like a Christian. They'll carry their Bible like a Christian. They'll, they'll even talk like a Christian at some point in time. He says they'll have a form of godliness, but they're going to deny the power of God. Power means the ability to get results. We need God's results in our life right now. We need God's results in our country. We need God's results in our businesses, our families. We need results. Say, I need results. It says they'll have a form. See, you can have the form of a great roper. You can dress like a great roper. You can have a great horse. You can have a, the best rope that there is. You can have the form. But if you're not executing the fundamentals and applying what you know, there'll be no results. It's the same way with the Word of God. You can go to church. You can have your bumper sticker. You can have your Christian T-shirt. You can have your jewelry. You can have everything that says, I am a Christian, a form of godliness. But there'll be no power. There'll be no protection. There'll be no deliverance. There'll be no God showing up in your life. We travel all over the world and there are so many churches. It's a church in form and building, but there's no power. There's no salvations. There's no miracles. There's no healings. There's no victory. He says in the last days, perilous times will come. Do we realize that this world will not get safer in the natural? As things go on, things won't get safer. But you and I can be safe in an unsafe world. Say, I can be safe in an unsafe world. Psalms 4, verse 8. It says, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. I want to read it again. I will, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in in safety. Make me dwell in safety. You, you, O Lord, make me 
dwell in safety, regardless of what's going on around us, he's saying, the psalmist is saying, God, I have a revelation that you make me dwell in safety. Say that, God, you make me dwell in safety. That means in the middle of coronavirus, that means in the middle of what the economy's doing, God makes us to live and dwell in safety, but you and I have to choose to believe God's Word. Can you, now listen to me here, can you expect, if you were to die today, can you expect to spend eternity with God if you don't do what the Bible says concerning salvation? 2 Peter 3, 9 says that it's God's desire that every person gets saved. It's God's desire that every person has a relationship with God. It's God's desire that every person spends eternity with God. But will every person and has every person gone to heaven? No. Why? Because it's only the people who do what God's Word says concerning salvation that has that assurance that when they die, they spend eternity with God. So if we don't do what the Bible says concerning salvation, can we expect to be saved? No. If we don't do what the Bible says concerning believing in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, declaring with our mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord. He says, with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If I don't believe in my heart and if I don't declare with my mouth, will I spend eternity with God? No. So when it comes to salvation, if I don't do what the Bible says in order to be saved, what makes me think that I'm going to be protected if I don't do what the Bible says concerning protection? You with me? You alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Go with me to Psalms 91. This is very important that we get this in our hearts this morning. And in Psalms 91, when we read this, now I really want, because this is one of those passages of Scripture, if you've been in church for any amount of time, you can be like, oh, I've heard that before. But I don't want you to hear with the, the flaps on the side of your head. I want you to hear with the real you. And let's see how can I live in safety in an unsafe world? How can I trust God for protection when the coronavirus is going around? How can I trust God that it will not come near me? Not might, it will not come near me because I'm going to do what God's Word says in order for Him to show up in my life. Because it's only the doers of God's Word that gets results. Not the churchgoers, not the Bible toters, not the players of church. It's only the doers. James, the half-brother of Jesus, said the person who receives God's Word and does God's Word, those are the ones that are blessed. The word in blessed means empowered to move forward. If I want to be empowered to move forward in my life, I'm going to receive God's Word, I'm going to hear God's Word, I'm going to welcome God's Word, then I'm going to do what I'm hearing. He says, then the empowerment comes. Say, I'm a doer of the Word. Psalms 91. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. So in Psalms 91, we have God's side and we have our side. We have what we're supposed to do, and then God says He will do this part. Our job, verse 1 and 2, He, he describes our part. 
He who dwells in the secret place, he who abides in the secret place, he who's in true relationship with God, he who's connected to the right people that God has created you to connect to, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Give me your focus, please. Are you connected where you're supposed to be connected? Are you truly in relationship with God? I'm not talking about being religious this morning. I'm talking about us and our family being protected by Almighty God. I'm talking about us walking in victory when all hell is going on around us. I'm talking God showing up with our family and angels taking charge over us and God's Word working and sickness and disease not taking not one person out here, not one person that's watching by TV. But it says, he who dwells, so I've got to ask, is that me? Say that, is that me? He who abides. He who's truly going after the heart of God. You know, in Deuteronomy, God says, you know, at one time I was your God. But then, but then you went after other gods. And then when all hell broke loose, then they started calling out to God, 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 help, help. And this is God's response. He says, why don't you let those other gods that you went after, why don't you let them save you? Why don't you let them protect you? I'm here to tell you, and most of you know this, roping is a lousy God. Roping can't save you. Roping can't heal you. Roping can't deliver you. But God is always faithful. So I've got to say, see, okay, am I doing this? Then it says, uh, verse 1, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And Amplified, it says, Whose power no foe can withstand. That when I'm in relationship with God and I'm choosing to believe God's Word, He says there's not any power that can withstand the power of God. There's no sickness than the, that's greater than our God. And he goes on to say, And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. So our part is abiding, dwelling, living in relationship with God, not being religious, not just going through the motions. And my part is, what am I saying? Am I saying, God, you're my refuge? Am I saying that, God, you're my high tower? Am I saying that He's my protector? He's my healer? He's my deliverer? What are you saying? God can only move upon the words that are coming out of your mouth. What am I saying? I will say, in the middle of virus, I will say you're my refuge. In the middle of the economy, I will say you're my provider. I will say that you're my deliverer. See, it's one thing to believe that God can. It's another thing to believe that He will. A lot of people believe that God can protect. A lot of people believe that God will, uh, can provide. But how many of us truly believe God will? He, he not only will... Stay with me. See, this is so great for our mental game right here. Because I know that's just, that, that could have been a wreck right there. I, I'm with you on that one. What are you saying? Because it's easy for us to think that God's going to show up for you. But we've got to make it, we've got to take ownership of our relationship with God and say, if anybody's, God's going to show up for anybody, it's going to be me. If God's going to answer anybody's prayer, it's going to be me. If anybody's going to experience the mercy of God and grace of God and the protection of God, it's going to be me. Say, it's going to be me. But until you take ownership, you leave it out there. You've got to bring it in to your heart. I'm choosing to believe God, God's Word. See, faith believes and faith speaks. 
2 Corinthians 4.13 says, We have the same spirit of faith, the same spirit of faith that David had, the same spirit of faith that Moses had, the same spirit of faith that Abraham had, the same spirit of faith that Jesus had. And it says, when we see something in the Word of God, we choose to believe it and we choose to say it. And what is he saying? In order to get God to show up, in order for us to know that we're protected, he says, this is something that each of us must do. I will say, not over your life, yeah, I'm praying for you, but in order for this to show up for me, I will say in the midst of coronavirus, he is my healer. I will say in the midst of economy, he is my provider. I will say as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I will say, what are you saying when it comes to your, your horses, your cattle, your finances, your family? What are you saying? The Bible says the power of life and death is in the tongue. What are you saying? Are you saying, God, you're my refuge? Are you saying that, God, you're my healer? Now notice verse 3 and 4. Because then it says this is, this is what God does. When we are abiding, we are a dwelling, we are saying, say, that's my part. Then God says, this is my part. Verse 3, then he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence, from the deadly pestilence. Then when I'm abiding and I'm dwelling and I'm going after God, now listen, when I'm saying going after God, this does not mean perfect. There's not one of us perfect, but it means that we're staying in the game. Just because we cut one in the, the rear out here in the pen, we're not going to cut our ropes up most of the time. If you do, you go buy another one. No, but you stay in the practice pen. You keep showing up. It's the same way in life. You're going to make mistakes, you're, but keep showing up. Keep coming to church. Keep getting in the Word. Keep receiving forgiveness. Keep receiving the mercy of God. Keep showing up. He says, when you keep abiding and living and dwelling and going after God, when you fall down, you get back up, and you're saying, God, you're my refuge, and you're saying, God, you're my healer, and you're saying, he says, then, then, he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the coronavirus. Then he will deliver you from sickness and disease. Then, when I'm saying, when I'm abiding, then he says, deliverance comes. Say then. And he goes on to say, then he will cover me with his pinions. Under his wings shall I trust and find refuge. His truth and faithfulness are a shield and a buckler. He says, because you are making the choice to abide and live and dwell, and you are saying, he says, then it gives God a right to move and show up in your life. Then he will deliver us from the deadly pestilence. Then he will cover this phrase, he will cover. You see it several times in the Bible, and it paints the picture. I remember when I was a little boy, and I'd, I'd go to the farm all the time with my paw, and, and I won't talk about the geese. Boy, I hated those things. They would charge and everything else. But I remember as a little boy, you know, the mama, the, the chicken would be out there and she'd just be bok, 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 bok. She'd be out there, you know, eating the, eating the food and the little chicks, they would be eating the food and everything. And all of a sudden, you, bok, 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 bok. you know, the dog would come around or something like that. And the mama hen would rise up and she would ruffle her feathers and all the little chicks would run underneath her and she would sit down and she would cover them. See, we thought it was just noise. Buck, 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 buck. But that was chicken, forget your tail, underneath mama. And this is what he's saying. When you choose to abide, when you choose to be a doer, when you choose to say that God is raising up his wings and he's saying, come close to me, come into relationship to me. It's not a time to be religious. Come on, take a step towards me. And he's lifting up and he says that he's sitting down and he's covering you 
in the secret place you can't be seen. In the secret place the devil can't find you. In the secret place coronavirus doesn't win. In the secret place no devil in hell can take you out. In the secret place he is sitting, he's covering you with his feathers and his wings. But see, that's, that's God's part. Once we give him a right to move faith, please hear this, faith gives God a right to move in our life. Like fear, listen, fear gives Satan a right to move in our life. Fear is just perverted faith. When I'm afraid of something, I'm saying I'm confident in that thing's ability to harm me. And is our country in a state of faith right now or fear? That's why it's so important for you and I, we can't control the whole world, but we can control us, for us to rise up and say, you're my refuge, you're my fortress, you're my high tower, you're my healer, you're my protector. It's important what we say, say, say. What am I saying? What am I saying? 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. And if you, if you just pulled in here, there's some notes right around there. Y'all please grab them and follow along or you can study them. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 8, it says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Say, He cares for me. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So notice this, humility isn't degrading yourself. Humility is saying about yourself what God says about you. Humility is saying, I'm going to see it in God's Word, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to see it, and I'm going to do it. When God says I'm an overcomer, I'm going to say I'm an overcomer. When God says I'm victorious, I say I'm victorious. When God says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, I'm going to say what God says. True humility is saying, I am forgiven. Why? Because God says I'm forgiven. His mercy is new, so I'm going to say His mercy is new. That I, God is with me, and God is me, I'm going to say God is with me and God is for me. Are you with me? But it says that the enemy roams around like a roaring lion seeking, notice these words, seeking whom he may devour. Letting me know that he can't devour everybody, but he's seeking, seeing who I can devour. And the ones that he can devour are the ones who are in fear goes on in verse 9 and it says, But you, you resist him in faith. You resist him in faith. Faith gives God a right to show up in my life. Fear gives the enemy access to my life. So I've got to be real with myself. Am I in faith or am I in fear? Because nobody can make me be afraid and nobody can make me be in faith. That is my choice. That is your choice. It is my decision. It's your decision. You with me? John chapter 14, I'm going to move ahead just, just for time's sake here. John chapter 14, this is a very powerful verse, and we'll come back to the, some of that right there where we're at. John 14, verse, verse 1, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Notice, I'm going to read it again, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. 
believe in God, believe also me. This is right before Jesus goes to the cross and he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be, be troubled. Say, let not your heart be troubled. Whose responsibility is it to not let my heart be troubled? Is it God's? It's mine. All throughout the Bible, God would show up, and one of the first things He would say is, don't fear. Don't fear. Don't, don't be afraid. And a lot of times people think that that's just a greeting. Hi, how's it going? Don't be afraid. No, He was letting us know, okay, you might have the opportunity to fear. You might feel fear. You might feel the hair standing up on the back of your neck. Your heart might be beating. Your blood pressure might be elevated. You might, your knees might be knocking. But He says, in the middle of that, don't you fear. Nobody can make you fear. Nobody can make you be afraid unless you let them make you afraid. Will you feel it? Yeah. But what do you do when you feel it? You open your mouth and you begin to say, I will not fear. God you are my refuge, you are my fortress, you are my high tower, you are my protector. Picture, remember the hand coming up, you're running underneath, the, you're abiding under the shadow of the Almighty, and He is covering you, and you can't be seen because you're staying in faith. Say, stay in faith. Not fear. Not fear. You know, you hear people, you know, refer to Job all the time, and oh, well, poor Job, and oh my gosh, or they'll say like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just like, you know, I'm broker and poor old Job's turkey. Hey, I want to tell you, if Job had a turkey, it wasn't broke. Job was the wealthiest man in all, in all the land. And his life story took anywhere from nine months to 12 months. And in that time, yes, he lost his family. He lost his money. He had sickness upon his body. The devil was trying to take him out. But how? How, how did the enemy have access to his life? Stay with me here because this is where the state of our country is in. Job 3.25, you can go up a page or two, and it has it right here. It says, For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. For the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. The thing that I feared has happened to me. See, fear draws things into your life just like faith draws things into your life. It's not okay as children of God for us to be afraid. It's not okay. Well, you hear people say, well, a little fear, it'll do you good. No, don't be dumb. Yeah, I mean, don't run out in the road. Respect things. Respect snakes. Respect the bear. Respect the coyote, whatever it is. We, but he says, don't fear. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Job says, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. Please get this. Fear is a spiritual law. And it's a spiritual law that activates the things that you dread and the things that you don't want to happen will eventually make their way into your life because of fear. But if you identify the fear and you begin to replace it with faith, the things that your faith will come upon you just like the things that your fear will come upon you. Do not be afraid of the coronavirus. Do not be afraid that the economy is going to continue to crash and you won't be taken care of. Have faith that God is your provider. Have faith that God is your protector. Have faith that God is your healer. Have 
faith. I don't care how religious you think you are. You will get your tail kicked in a time like this being religious. It doesn't matter if you're Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, Pentecostal. It's time for us to realize it's only the doers of the Word of God that's going to give God a right to show up in our life. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And you're the one that has to make that decision for you. What are you saying? What are you thinking? What are you doing? What are, you, are you running to God or are you running from God? Think about what, what, are you, what are you afraid of? You know, all fear, stay with me, all fear is connected to the fear of dying. People don't fly because they're afraid to die. People don't like to go into the big cities at certain traffic time because they're afraid to die. People are afraid of the coronavirus because they're afraid to die. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, it says, The things that you're afraid of will hold you in bondage. But Jesus came to deliver us and set us free from all fear. Say all fear. So what do you do when you feel afraid? What do you do when the media is blasting? Fear this. Everybody's going to die. The economy's doing this. What are you going to do when, when it's the, it looks like in the natural that it's going to take everybody out? You open your mouth and you begin to say, God, you are my refuge. You are my protector. You are my God. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Say that. I'll fear no evil. You need to walk around your house saying, I will fear no evil. I will not fear what the economy does. I will not fear what virus is out there. I will not fear. We can live safe in an unsafe world, but we have our part in order for God to do what He promised He would do in His Word. Matthew, I mean, uh, Psalms 91 verse 7. I'll just read it to you right here. It says, a thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come near me. It'll not come near me. Say it. It'll not come near me. It'll not come near me. When you have the thought, because you can't, you can't get away from the thoughts because of all the news and the deal, but when that thought produces fear, you've got to pull it down, and you need to open your mouth and say, it won't come near me. Say, it won't come near me. Say it. It won't come near me. People say, well, who do you think you are? I mean, God is sovereign, and He's almighty, and He's all-knowing. And He is almighty, and He is all-knowing, but we have a choice. He says it's only the people who allow Him to operate in their life are the ones that He's going to operate in their life. And then Jesus shows up, and He says, remember, don't be afraid. Say, don't be afraid. He says, the peace that I have is the peace that you have. But you've got, to, you've got to receive it. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, verse 9, it says, okay, listen, listen. He says, whenever you, you come before God and you start to pray, He says, I want you to cast your care upon Him. Care means anxiety. It means worry. How many of you have had an opportunity to worry or be anxious because of everything going on? Every single one of us have, right? He says, but you've got to make a decision. He, before that, He says, humble yourself. Say, humble yourself. Under the mighty hand of God, the mighty hand of God. When you see a reference to God's mighty hand in the Bible, it brings blessing to God's people and judgment to the enemy. So humility says, I'm going to trust God's Word more than my way. I'm going to trust God's Word more than the economy. I'm going to trust God's Word more than the circumstance. Say, I'm going to trust God. He says, when you come to pray, you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, making a decision. I don't care what religion is saying. I'm going to say what God says. It says, in due time, he said, he will exalt you. Then he goes on to say, he says, now, now get a hold to your mind. 
He says, if you can find anything good, think on it. If you can find anything lovely, think on it. If you can find anything praiseworthy and trustworthy, think on it. Say, think on it. He says, and when you're thinking on God's Word, He says, then the peace of God will keep your mind and will keep your heart. It'll keep your mind and it'll keep your heart. See, when you get to know the God of peace, then you begin to understand the peace of God. When you get to know the God of peace, then you start to receive the peace that comes from God. Let's keep going. We'll give you plenty of time. This is a lot more important than roping right here, okay? This is going to save our tail. Remember, faith gives God a right to show up where fear gives the enemy a right to show up. And this is where we've got to be real with ourselves. Am I doing what God's Word says to do? Am I saying, maybe you've never said it before in your life. Maybe you've thought, oh my gosh, a bunch of religious fruit loops. Really? Well, get your tail kicked. How's that working for you? I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He's my high tower. Coronavirus will not come near me. A thousand may fall to my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come near me. Say, it will not come near me. And see, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, and you're going to believe you more than you believe anybody else. So when you choose to believe God's Word and you choose to say God's Word, faith is going to come and fear is going to go. Faith is going to come, fear is going to go. Faith is going to come, fear is going to go. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 1, it says, When you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God is with you, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Why did he tell them, okay, when it seems impossible, he says, don't be afraid. Who's, who's in charge of letting our heart not be troubled? Who's in charge of whether we're afraid or not? We are, right? He says right here, when it seems impossible, do not be afraid. Mark chapter 5, there was a man that's a ruler of the synagogue. His daughter was dying. Hang with me here. His daughter was dying. Jesus comes up and Jairus approaches Jesus and he says, Jesus, my daughter's dying. Will you come and lay your hands upon her? And Jesus starts to move and go with him. On the journey, a woman stops Jesus that had an issue of blood for 12 years. She reaches out, touches the hem of Jesus' garment. She receives her healing. And as Jesus is ministering to this lady, remember, they're on the way to Jairus' house where his daughter's dying. Jesus is ministering to this woman. Whenever he looks up from ministering to this woman, he sees the people coming from Jairus' house. And they tell Jairus, don't trouble the master any longer because your daughter is dead. And Jesus hears the evil report. And he looks at Jairus, and you know what he says? Do not be afraid. Only believe. In other words, you have a choice to make right now. When fear comes, you have a choice to make. What you do in that moment of feeling fear, listen to me, what you do in the middle of a crisis, what you do at that time, what comes out of your mouth is a determining factor. And if there's times that you can't speak faith, keep your cotton-picking mouth shut. That's why he looks at Jairus. Jairus, stay with me. Stay with me, Jairus. You asked me to do this, and you realized that I was the healer. Stay with me, Jairus. And he heard an evil report that looked totally contradictory to the, to the natural. 
He says, be quiet. He says, Jairus, you've got a choice right here. Only believe. Don't you be afraid. And the Bible says Jairus kept his mouth shut and Jesus went and raised up his daughter. What if he would have let, oh my God, I'm going to die. Oh my God, you're going to die. <laughs> People think that Jesus would have went and done it anyway. He wouldn't have. He can only move by faith. So right here he tells the people, he says, when you, you face an army that's bigger than you, do not be afraid. Why? Because what happened at that moment determined whether God could show up and bring victory in their life. Do not be afraid. Why does God say that over 365 times throughout the Bible, letting us know every day you're going to have the opportunity, but don't you be afraid. Don't you be afraid. Let's keep going. Verse 2 in Deuteronomy 20, verse 2. So it shall be when you're on the verge of battle that the priest shall approach and speak to the people. Notice this. The priest shall approach and speak to the people. The priest. Stay with me right here. In times like this, it's very important who you're connected to. I know there's ministers that are watching this show and it's time for you to quit being afraid of people and tell them what the Bible says. Don't you be afraid of your religion or your denomination. The priest approached the people. Why? Because the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, they're appointed by God, have a message from God to approach the people, to bring down wrong thinking and to build up right thinking. The priest approached the people. It matters who you're connected to. It matters what you're listening to. It matters what you're watching. And it says, the priest approached the people and he said, Hear, O Israel, today you're on the verge of battle with your enemies. Do not let your heart faint. Do not be afraid. Do not tremble or be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God, he is who goes with you to fight against your enemies, to save you. Notice what he said. Do not be afraid. What is God saying through me to you today? Do not be afraid. Do not be terrified. Do not faint. And then he goes on and it says, if you've built a house, stay with me here, we're almost done. He says, if you built a house and you hadn't got to enjoy it yet, they're fixing to go to battle now. And the priest has told them, don't be afraid. He says, but those of you, and it's just like he's picking us out. And he says, all right, I want you to listen. If you've built a house and you hadn't got to enjoy it, I want you to go home. He says, if, you, if you've planted a vineyard and you haven't got to enjoy it, I want you to go home. If you, if you got engaged and you're not married yet, I want you to go home and I want you to get married and I want you to enjoy that. Then notice what he says in verse 8. The officer shall speak further to the people and say, What men is there who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return to his house, lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. Listen, look up here for a moment. I want you to picture this. They're all fixing to go to battle. It looks impossible to them. And he starts picking people out, saying, okay, this is a very important time. It's important that you're not afraid. It's important that you don't faint. And he tells all these people to go home. And he says, okay, the final straw, if you have any fear in you, I don't want you on the battlefield with me. If you have some fear in you, I need you to go home. Because if we get in the middle of battle, your fear is going to get on on me. Your fear is going to cause me to faint. It's important who you hang out with. During this time, it's not okay to hang out with negative Nancy. It's not, it's not okay to hang out with poor mouth Harry. 
It is very important that the people you hang out with, they speak faith, they think faith, they talk faith, they walk faith. You're in the foxhole. You want people who know how to fight, who know how to worship, who know how to believe God, who know how to get God to show up on the scene. I will open my mouth and I will say, God, you are my refuge, you're my fortress, you're my high tower. A thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come near me. Say it won't come near me. It matters who you hang out with. One more scripture and we're getting ready to close. Job 39, God is painting a picture of a war horse. Job had been, had been complaining to God that, God, you're unfair. God, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Stay with me here. Let's finish strong. And this is what God says to Job, verse, verse 19. Job, have you given the horse's might? Have you clothed his neck with quivering and a shaking mane? Was it you, Job, who made him to leap like a locust? The majesty of his snorting nostrils is terrible. He paws in the valley and exults in his strength. He goes out to meet the weapons of armed men. He mocks at fear and is not dismayed or terrified. Neither does he turn back in the battle from the sword. Notice his picture of this. He's saying, Job, did you have the power to create this horse? Because in that time, they would train the horses from colts. Where these colts, they were ripped. I mean, they were stout. They were bred for battle. And God shows up and says, Job, you're thinking I'm unfair. But Job, did you have the ability to put the mane on the horse? Did you have the ability to wire them a certain way that whenever they hear about an army, they hear about war, they're not running the other way. They start pawing the ground because they crave the battle. They start pawing the ground. Their nostrils start flaring. And it says that they, it goes on in verse 23, the quivering rattles upon him as does the glittering spear and the lance of his rider. He seems in running to devour the grounds with fierceness and rage. Neither can he stand still at the sound of the war trumpet as often as the trumpet sounds. He says, ha, ha, and he smells the battle from afar and the thunder of the captains and the shouting. He says, Job, I want you to see this horse and I want you to see yourself. Job, it's time to realize that I haven't been unfair, that I'm in you, I'm with you, I'm for you. Job, I want you to realize like that war horse where you can hear them pounding the ground, running not from the battle, but running to the battle. You can see their nostrils flaring. You can see the mane waving. You can see whenever they hear the rah, 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 they hear the trumpet, they don't turn, spin, and run off like some of our horses do. They start pawing the ground saying, ha, ha, I'm not backing off. I'm coming to you. And God says, I need you, the body of Christ, children of God, to realize who you're connected to. It's not time to run from coronavirus. It's not time to run in fear. Get your head out. Get your faith up. Rise. Open your mouth and begin to paw the ground saying, coronavirus, you will not come near me. Economy, you don't determine what the kingdom of God does. Rise up and let's be who God has called and created us to be. Amen? Would you give God praise? Give him praise like you mean it. Now, now maybe if you would just bow your heads, close your eyes. Maybe you've been scared out of your wits. Today is a turning point for you. Today is a day we make a decision as friends and family. Listen, it's not coming near us. Say it, it's not coming near us. When you sense fear... I want you to rise up and open your mouth. Say, fear you, get out of here in Jesus' name. 
But it starts with a personal relationship with Almighty God. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. We're going to do this quickly and quietly.